Let us pray. Father God, we thank you for your word this evening. And as I seek to interpret it, I pray you guide the thinking of our mind by the power of your Holy Spirit. Amen. The theme of the sermon is uh, Jesus Calls Levi. Grumbling about uh, payment of tax is not a new issue. In Jesus' days, people grumbled about the thought of paying their taxes. When I was young, in my native Ghana, we lived near a busy lorry station where all the lorries traveling to and from northern region terminate. At a certain time of the year, every eligible adult is requested to pay land pool. It's a form of a tax. Anyone who refuses to pay or has no money to pay is arrested and sent to the royal palace. Most of the collectors come to this lorry station demanding money from all the travelers. And often is the case, the poor people that got arrested. And these people have just come to seek employment. They don't even know where they are going to live. Most of them, most of the people, they think it's not just, it's unjust. Because according to the law, one has to reside in the town for at least six weeks before they become eligible to pay this land pool. But these people have just arrived. As I said, they have nowhere to go. Moreover, they don't understand the language because Ghana, we've got so many regions with different dialects. So they don't understand this language, let alone the full tax. And during the month of April, most of us in get brown envelope dropping through our letterbox here in London, England, because it's the time of the year when most, when the government try to make sure that everybody pays their taxes so that there is enough money with which to run the country. So it seemed quite appropriate, therefore, that the gospel story today in Mark 2, 13 to 22, was about a man who lived in the days of Jesus who tried to make sure that everybody in those days paid their taxes. We are not quite sure what his name was, the Bible writers sometimes call him Matthew, and sometimes they call him Levi. It is quite likely that this man, Levi, was not the person who was appointed by Herod Antipas to collect 
a particular text, but that his father, a man called Alphios. And this Alphios has two sons who share the responsibility with him. Both of these sons ultimately became disciples of Jesus. We don't know very much about one of them called James, the lesser. But the other, as I said, was named, sometimes called Matthew and sometimes Levi. On the place where Amphios sometimes had to collect taxes was on the shore of Galilee. And on the day of which we heard reading in the Mark's Gospel, chapter 2, he has asked his son Matthew to be on duty at that point. It was a very special place. It was at this point where the power of Herod started. Therefore, anyone who was traveling into the Holy Land and entering at that point, how to pay a tax to be admitted and allowed to share the benefit of living there. Like the Lampo, most people thought this was unjust. Harold was not the right king of the Jews, but a puppet put in power by the Romans. When the Romans conquered the Jewish people, they want somebody that they can maneuver, like a puppet, can do their dirty work for them. So they got Harold, father. And he had two children. So she divided the land to them. And this Harold and Timopas had this side of Galilee that uh, Levi's parents was collecting the taxes. So the Jews think any person working for this Roman Empire that has conquered the nation was reckoned to be a traitor. The lowest pe person, the lowest possible kind of being who ever lived. And Jesus is, of course, not a visitor. So he didn't have to pay tax. He was traveling preacher. And as he traveled along the shore, teaching, preaching, healing, he had already called his first four disciples. So one day as he passed by, he saw Levi sitting in the tax collector's booth and he called him to follow him. When Jesus asked Levi to follow him, I'm sure the tax point was probably not unattended because either his brother James, the lesser, or his father Alphios was still there. We cannot be certain of that. But what was made clear is that as soon as Jesus asked Levi to follow him, he did not hesitate. 
but immediately got up and went with him. And Levi immediately invited Jesus into his home, gave him a meal. This all shows the generosity of Levi, that his other friends also came. Some of those were tax collectors. Tax collectors were despised in those days. And for Jesus to go and eat with them showed his disloyalty to the Jewish state. How could someone claiming to be the holy man, prophet, even Messiah, have anything to do with these criminals, sinners in a stream? There are three things about Jesus we see in Mark's story. First, Jesus called Levi, a tax collector. Second, Jesus attended a party with sinners. And third, Jesus' ministry aroused opposition. The first point, as I said, Levi, Jesus called Levi a tax collector to follow him. Levi was used to abuse, insult, and shouting at because of his work. But that day, Jesus came by and didn't shout at him. He didn't grumble. He just asked him to follow him. Jesus took ordinary person, a working man, and asked him to follow him. Jesus takes Matthew's ordinary life and makes it extraordinary. What a mercy. We've got God of mercy that don't see our fault, but he sees us as we are. Is Jesus calling you an ordinary person? this evening to follow him. This is a story about a young hippie who went to the seaside one hot Sunday afternoon, wandering about the beach, she entered into a church, barefooted, in tattered shorts, no shirts, covered with sand, arm folded, she went straight into the uh, church, sat right in front of the pulpit, cross arm and legs. The pastor of the church was preaching at that time. He came down, sat by the hippie, and continued, conducted the rest of the sermon, sitting by the hippie. At the end of the service, the pastor turned around to the hippie and shook his hand. Some of the congregation also came down and shook his hand, and he was given a cup of tea. The following Sunday, in walked the hippie again, but this time all dressed up in suit and tie. And then he gave a testimony 
He said last week he wanted to cause commotion to disrupt the service. But the way he was received, without being kicked out or anything of the sort, make him look so foolish and ashamed. That made him change his mind about Christian and Christianity. As I was saying about Donald Trump's uh, visit, the man, I think he lived by a publicity. So all this protests, I think, even giving him the strength. But if we have ignored him and kept quiet and let him do what he's done, he would have been like the hippie, be ashamed and change his ways. This CP changed his life and all what he had against Christianity. He gave his life to Christ. He became a member of the church and eventually went to Bible college to learn about, he said, this Jesus, as he put it. He's a pastor now, one of the brilliant pastors. If they have argued with him, they would have lost him. Conversion doesn't mean giving a conversion doesn't mean giving up everyday job. Because the hippie didn't leave his community. She stayed with the communion. She stayed with the hippie community. And as I said, he eventually became a pastor. And conversion doesn't mean giving up our ordinary everyday job and becoming a professional church worker. No. Conversion means serving Jesus where you are. How you are, whatever way you are, your position, until God tells you that otherwise. Point two. According to Mark, that evening, after his encounter with Jesus, Levi throws a party for his fellow tax collectors and notorious sinners, and he invited Jesus as guest of honor so his friends also could meet Jesus. Levi did not selfishly keep the good news to himself. He felt compelled to share it with his friends, his community, the outcasts, the spiritually sick. When was the last time you invited a friend for a meal in your house so you may introduce him to Jesus? So you may share the good news with them. Second Corinthians two five seventeen says Christians are brand new people are brand new people inside the Holy Spirit give new life and they are not the same anymore. We are not reformed, re, 
habitated or re-educated. We are recreated. New creation, living in vital union with Christ. Colossians 2.6 also says, conversion, say at conversion, we are not merely turning our new leaf, turn over a new leaf. We are beginning a new life under a new master. Matthew was serving Harold, the antipath. Now he's changed masters. He's serving working under Jesus, king of kings. The Samaritan woman, she had a sinful life, but after encounter with Jesus, her life was never the same again. He became the first evangelist and was converted and baptized along with his five sisters, and her two sons, and she took the name Otina. Most of us, when Jesus healed the Samaritan woman, we didn't know what happened to her. But she changed because she had an encounter with Jesus. She became one of the honorable women in the uh, Greek region. And uh, this Pontini, it means the enlightened one. She also changed masters. She worked under King Jesus and she became a saint. Brothers and sisters, Jesus can do the same for you and for me. He said, I, come, I came for those who are physically and spiritually sick. Jesus didn't come for the righteous. He called Levi and he accepted his fellow tax collectors as well. Jesus was not blind to their fault. He knew they were stealing from their own people. But he never forget that they were human beings, children of God. Yes, Jesus came for the afflicted, those society often rejects, those who are different in some ways, morally or socially, those who didn't conform either to the strict religious requirements of the Jew law, Jewish law. Jesus calls Levi a task collector and he throws a party in his honor. The second reading from 2 Corinthians is that Apostle Paul reminds us that as followers of Christ, our lives are like letters known by all. An epistle of Christ written not in ink, but by the spirit of the living God. The church in Corinth, they argue with Paul, they want to see their credentials. And Paul said, no, they can read them. They are the letters, they are the credentials, they are witness. 
So we can see from Matthew and Samaritan woman, we can read them that they are letters, witness to what Jesus can do for us. Point three. In the Bible, we read again and again about Jesus showing love and concern for people who were despised by the successful or powerful. But the religious elites of Jesus' day find it very difficult to understand why he prepared to speak and eat with the people they thought as sinners. The Jewish people, anybody who doesn't go according to their law, they call them sinners. Anybody against their law, they are sinners to them. So there are so many people, uh, they label them sinners. So they don't want to have anything to do with them. Someone once said, Making a friends and loving people is the key to sharing the gospel wherever you are. That's exactly what Jesus was doing. He was making friends and loving those society rejects. Mark tells us that as Jesus ate with Levi and his friend, the Pharisees questioned Jesus about his behavior. Jesus answered that he came to call for the sinners, not the righteous. What kind of Christian are you when you turn away sinners who come to Jesus? We are requested to be aware of our own sin. If you begin to think that you are among the righteous, and it is only other people who are sinners, then you have begun to cut yourself off from the love and forgiveness of God. If you think you are better off than other people, you are righteous. Jesus said, I came for the sinners. So is he not, he's not Jesus that rejecting you. You are cutting yourself from him. The older version of the Bible called the tax collectors publicans because Jesus is still sometimes called the friend of publican and sinners. It has rightly become a colloquial term for anyone who is not very nice to know. And the Bible says, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Romans 3, 23. Jesus can take most sinful of us and reform our lives. He is the Redeemer, the Savior. And Mark is really not one of the apostles. It's thought that maybe, probably, Peter was his uncle. And he told Mark all the story about Jesus. And he also telling us. So here he's telling us the Levi, otherwise known as Matthew, 
followed Jesus, shared Jesus, commanded Jesus. But you know something even more about Levi, also known as Matthew, for having become one of the 12 disciples, he ultimately wrote down all he had discovered in being with Jesus. Much of his teaching, account of his miracles, and details of his death and resurrection. That could hardly have been imagined when Levi, the tax collector, left the tax booth and followed Jesus. We are grateful he did, but it also makes us wonder what God could do with our lives if we really follow Jesus. What God could do with your life, with my life, if we really follow Jesus. Heavenly Father, we pray for a loving heart and a friendly smile to help us communicate the love of Christ to the people we meet every day. Amen.